and welcome to your Royal Rooters podcast, your hub for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics, your six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And you know what? Screw it. We're going to just go with it. You're 51-time Scottish Premier League champion, Celtic football. You're six-time English Premier League champions, at least for Division One Chelsea football. You're Gonzaga men's basketball team. You're Wright State baseball team. And you're five-time national champions in college hockey, the Boston College Eagles. Eagles. Eagles, yeah. Eagles, yeah. All right. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, also known as the Junkyard Dog, also known as the T.O. Schwiggins, and you can't change that. All right. Speaking of Boston College, see, did they win? I saw that they were up 5 nothing last time I checked. See, did they, if they won. Get dunk. Get dunk. All right. All right. Oh, God, this will be easier. All right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, this is all right. Okay. All right. Here we are. Ooh, seven nothing. All right. So the game is still going on. Seven nothing. Man, Providence called. Providence really does suck in hockey. Wow. Seven nothing. So the game's not even over yet, huh? Maybe we'll just have to wait to talk about this. I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to wait to talk about this in next week's episode. Okay, I don't know. All right, maybe so. We're just going to have to wait. Okay. All right. So we will talk about we'll get into. We'll talk about news and scores of the week. And also we'll get into another book report that we got done this week. We got another book done last Sunday called The Bloody Field. We'll get into that in the episode. First, let's get some news of the week. All right. So last time we checked, or last time we talked, um, Celtic football played Roth County whew, at Celtic Park, and folks, Celtic football got blown out. Yes, they were, yeah, or at least shut out two nil to Ross County, a team that is basically at the bottom of the Scottish Premier League. I don't know what's going on with Celtic football. I don't know what's going on. Could be. Coaching, I heard their coach is not really that great. Neil Lennon or manager Neil Lennon, he's not really like I heard like some stuff that like he's at least his second tender here isn't really turning out to be that great for uh Celtic football. So I heard that it could also be too that they don't really have any fans in the stand. I saw videos of like their fans, they, as I said, they're a rowdy bunch of group. They were they're probably one of the reasons why Celtic football won nine straight championships and like they've been so good in the past, like their fans have their back, and basically that's the, the reason why I say, hey, let's win it for the fans. Yeah, so right now, yeah, let's see, Ross Camp. They're 11, so they're almost close to being relegated. What the? Which, if you don't know what relegated means, it means getting kicked out of the league. Jeez. And we're second. <laughs> second league. Yeah. So basically 11 points behind uh, Rangers in the standings. 41 to 30. Crap. And just behind us with one point is Hibernian. Huh. Or Hibs. 
Well, at least it's something that does look forward to. We still have the Scottish Cup to look forward to. Yeah, which is yeah, the game is in December. The championship game is in December. At least for that. At least we'll we'll try to at least win something this year because the Scottish League is going to be probably out of the question. A European title is out of the question now, too. We'll get into why that is, too, because they did play again another league or European League game this week, too, and the Scottish League Cup is out of question. So, oh, there may, maybe some time with the Scottish League. I don't know. Maybe some time. I'm not really totally giving up hope just yet. They do play. Oh, wait. No. Uh, yeah, let's not get into that just yet. All right. Get into that. All right. All right. So Chelsea football played against Tottenham um, Hotspurs on Sunday, but the game ended in 0-0 draw. There was really like nothing going on. Yeah, there was basically, yeah, they just did not. No, neither side basically scored a goal at Stamford Bridge. Was it Stamford Bridge? Really? Was it really Stamford Bridge? Because I watched today's uh Chelsea football game while I was also watching the Notre Dame football game. We'll get into why that was also a stressful game today, too. Well, yeah. So, yeah, and, like, they had really nobody there. Either that I wasn't really paying that much attention to really see who was in the stands. All right. All right, it was at Stanford Bridge. All right. Or Stanford Bridge. Stanford. Or Stanford Bridge. Stam. All right. So yeah, so nothing to go over there. Zero zero draw or zero or nil nil draw, as I should say. All right. Then Patriots played the Cardinals, and I gotta say, after losing a not so great game against the Houston Texan, Texans last week, they go to Gillette Stadium now with no fans in the stands, and. They found a way to win, at least win on a field goal. Thanks to Nick Folk, the Patriots held on. They did a last-minute drive, at least get them into field goal range, where Nick Folk hit it through the uprights for a Patriots dub, 20-17, at least Sunday. At least that was the one good thing on Sunday. Because Celtic football lost, and Chelsea football ended in a draw with a Tottenham. So this is the really one great takeaway. At least we came out this Sunday with Southam. All right. Let's see, get into box scores. All right. right. So the Patriots played uh, the Cardinals, led by Kyler Murray, Heisman or Heisman uh, Trophy winner from Oklahoma, I believe, and also could have been a baseball player. If he decided not to get drafted by the same or the Arizona Cardinals. All right. So in the first quarter, um, Kenyon Drake, who's on my fantasy team, ran for a one yard run, capped out by Zane Gonzalez kick, who's also on my fans on some of my fantasy teams to make it a seven nothing Arizona lead. Then 10 nothing Arizona as Zane Gonzalez hit a 47 yarder. And to, and that's where the score would end in the first quarter, 10 nothing. And then the second quarter with 14-11 or 14-15 left in the half, James White ran for a seven-yard capped out by Nick Folk kick to make it 10-7. Arizona still led, but by three. Then in the third quarter, the Patriots started to make a comeback. They started making a run as they basically got back into this game at least. Um, In the third quarter, 
Nick Folt hit a 22-yarder to tie up the game 10-10. And then James White ran for a one-yard run to make it capped off by Nick Folt kick to make it 17-10 Patriots led. But then the Cardinals in the fourth quarter then come did came back and tied up with 8.02 left on a Kenyon Drake one-yard run capped off by Zane Gonzalez kick to make it 17-17. But then with one final drive, and thanks to a defensive lot or defensive uh, special teams player who is making who's making all sorts of penalty shots. I believe his name was uh, Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, prompted some of his some of his teammates on defense saying that you costed the game. That was pretty funny. That was out loud. To, you could actually hear that. <laughs> that was funny. But then, thanks to that, on the last minute drive. They made a run upfield, at least into field goal range, where Nick Full, with time winding down, hit a 50-yard field goal. Two for the dub, 20-17. That's where your final score would stand. Patriots playoff hopes are still alive as they are 6-5. and five, And I believe... I believe... Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Here we are. All right. They are still third in the in the AFC East, but they're still kind of finding a way to get in. You know, let's see what the conference. So, still kind of hanging in there. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. So, they are basically uh, two behind the Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. All right. So, they're kind of making a little bit of a fight. If uh, that's what I mean, if they win out the remainder of the season, I believe, which is kind of unlikely, but never say die, kind of deal. I feel like they might have a shot at least the at least a playoff spot, at least a playoff spot. The division is out of the question. The first time in almost ten years or a decade, the Patriots are not winning the AFC East. They're not winning the AFC East. I feel I feel like Buffalo has that in tech. Yeah, I feel. But at least if they can get into the postseason, I feel like. They could maybe have a chance of making the postseason. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think so. I, I feel like that might be out of the question also, too. But let's see. At least I just want to see them get into the postseason. At least keep that streak going, that streak of consecutive streak going. Yeah, Because a Patriot-less NFL postseason, I'm not really interested in. Yeah, really. Yeah. At least if it's the Super Bowl, I don't know. All right. All right so they still have a chance to at least – have a shot at basically keeping that hope alive this Sunday at 3.25 p.m., at least my time, 4.25 Eastern time, whatever time zone you live in, as they play on CBS against the L.A. Chargers in L.A. Um, although the Chargers are 3-8, and eight, three and eight, they are still a one-and-a-half point favorites to win this thing. Well, I don't know. Let's see. I mean, yeah. Hopefully the Patriots can get out another dub like this one or, or last week's. So there's still some hope, a little bit of hope. All right. So new. So actually, so now the Gordon Hayward sign and trade deal to Charlotte is now official. So in return, the Celtics do get a trade exception or exemption, which I believe is the largest in NBA history. I believe it's like was 28 million, 500,000. Yeah. I mean, kind of do 
and great. We did kind of get something, but if we could have done with a player, at least got a player in return. And that's why I was kind of mad that the trade with Indiana didn't work out, signed trade deal with Indiana didn't work because we could have got Miles Turner and we could have got Doug McDermott. We could have got players. Yeah. It just didn't work out. What I've been hearing, as I think we might have alluded this to in the last episode, is that I believe the GM or uh, president of basketball operations for the Pacers and Danny Ainge really don't get along that well, so they really kind of do hate each other. So I kind of it's so I kind of looking back on it now, I felt like okay, maybe that trade would have never worked out. Yeah, darn rats. All right, okay. So other news, Celtics news. Uh, the Celtics have named a former or have named former player. Uh, Evan Turner as an assistant coach. So now he's going to be on the bench with the Celtics. So it would be interesting to kind of see how he gels with these young players, especially like a Jason Tatum, a Jalen Brown, and these guys. It will be kind of neat to see how he gels with these guys. It will be neat. And be teaming up with our former teammates like Marcus Smart. Yeah, I feel like that's the one of the last remaining guys that he was part of that team. Yeah. So at least he has one, one buddy on that team that he kind of knows. Yeah, well, I'm Brad Stevens too, but he was a coach. he's a coach. Yeah. All right. So the Red Sox do one of their first uh, are avoiding arbitration deals was to re-sign uh, Eduardo Rodriguez to a one-year, eight point three million dollar deal. I was kind of hoping they would give him more, but yeah, at least he's going to be back for this year. At least he's going to be back for this year for 2021. All right, and that's good. We need his arm in the starting rotation. All right, and then Kemba Walker's knee is still becomes a problem yet again as he now will miss the start of the season and possibly be at least out until January with his still lingering left knee injury. So, yeah, this kind of sucks. I mean, as someone like Kemba Walker, that kind of sucks that he's dealing with these knee problems, especially at that young age. Yeah. But it also, good side is, Who's going to step up in his place? Especially like Jeff T. So we just acquired the free agency. Let's see what he can do as stepping up in Kemba Walker's place while he's gone. So other news, Notre Dame football news. It is official, folks. They will play in the ACC title game against possibly Clemson. So there will be possibly a rematch between them and Clemson. So, yeah. See that happen in the ACC title game or conference title game. So that would be kind of neat to see. Yeah. All right. All right. And then I believe the Celtics released. Hold on. We'll get into that in a little bit. All right. So Red Sox uh, arbitration news. So they did resign uh, Austin Bryce to a eight or eight hundred and seventy or eight hundred and seventy thousand dollar deal for 2021 and avoided arbitration. And that's it for that news. And then Chelsea football played another UEFA Champions League game against uh, Sevilla or Seville or Sevilla. And I believe the final score of that game was a 4-0 Chelsea football win in, um, in Seville. And this is kind of a cool, neat Oliver Sherwood. You know what's significant about him in this game? He had all four Chelsea's goals. So they won 4-0. So he basically was kind of leading 
factor in this game. He has been kind of been lighting it up for Chelsea football lately. Yeah, and I believe in this game, he he kind of did set his career record for goals in uh, Champions League play. I believe now it's 34 now, so it's kind of neat. So it's pretty neat to kind of see that as a player like him kind of making run. But yeah, awesome. Good for him. Yeah, Sherud. That's his name, Sherud, not Gerard. Yeah, Sherud. Oliver Sherud. Yeah, don't worry. We're getting used to, like, following Celtic football and Chelsea football. Yeah, it's, yeah, we're trying to learn some of these guys' names. So, yeah, so bear with us. Bear with us. All right. And then, yeah, we'll get into that later. And then Red Sox news. So uh, they extended two more players and avoided arbitration. So here are the two players. Matt Barnes gets a $4.4 million deal. So Matty Backpacks is coming back for 2021. So good way to get him back. And I will say, some guys, I would not put him in the ninth inning to close out a game. I feel like he kind of stinks, especially that one game in Yan at Yankee Stadium last year on Sunday Night Baseball. We had a lead, and he basically came in and stunk it up. Yeah. But in in late innings, like the seventh and eighth inning, like especially the eighth inning, I would have him on. He's a really good setup man. Yeah. And then Kevin Pawecki, the or Pawecki, or Pawecki is come. Or, yeah. All right. His real his name is Kevin Pawecki. So he is coming back for one point six million dollar deal. So he's coming back. So he'll be like backup. At least a uh, second catcher to, or second in depth for catching to uh, Christian Vasquez. So he'll be back. So awesome. Then the Red Sox did agree to a $1.25 million deal and avoided arbitration yet again to for Ryan Brazier. So he's coming back. Brazier's coming back. Yeah. All right. And then get into Gonzaga men's basketball. Wasn't really pretty to begin with, folks, but in the end, Gonzaga found a way to get the dub after a not-so-great injury, which he came back into the game for Jalen Suggs. He came back after, so it wasn't really that bad. But to begin with, when he went down, it looked pretty bad. It kind of almost looked like similar to, like, Gordon Hayward kind of deal. Yeah, that wasn't really great. But in the end, Gonzaga, after being almost out-rebounded by West Virginia, Found a way to win in this game in the Jimmy V Classic and win 87 to 82. Sponsored by Corona. The beer, not the beer, not the virus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into lead scores for today or for this game. All right. Okay. Where are we? Are? Here we are. All right. So my top three lead scorers for this game for Gonzaga were uh, or a uh, Joel IA Joel IA who had twenty one points and then coming off the bench was a and then coming off the bench was a Andrew Newenbard who basically is our uh, transfer from Florida so basically he got some minutes and basically did some good. And then uh, Corey or and, uh, Corey Kispert had a or Corey Kispert had a game, so he did pretty good too. Drew Timmy, he was in uh, did well, but in the beginning he was kind of getting uh, out rebounded 
by uh, West Virginia, and they were kind of outworking him. And Jalen Suggs, he went down with an injury, but he he found a way to get back into the game. I actually heard he actually convinced uh, Mark Few to put him back in the game. Yeah, so which kind of made some Gonzaga fans, including me, like, what are you doing? Don't put him back in. I mean, at least knowing the not – how serious the injury was, that would just be kind of like, just like, yeah, let's kind of look at it, kind of deal. But to begin with, the far, oh, no, that's one of our lead scorers, and he's going to go down with an injury, something like a very serious injury. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, there goes our national title hopes. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, that kicks the national title out the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least they held out for the dub. They are now 3-0, and and I believe, let's see. They're not even leading. Oh, wait. Hold on. Technically, yeah, but the team in front of them, Sandy, University of San Diego, hasn't really played a game yet. So, yeah. So, technically, they are leading their conference. Well, actually, they haven't really played conference play, but looking at non-conference play, they are leading their conference right now. Yeah. Them and uh, Santa Clara. But yeah, since conference play hasn't really started yet, so I really can't go over that. Let's see, where are they nationally ranked? I believe they are still number one ranked in the nation. So we're going to go into this now. They were supposed to play today against number two, Baylor, and it would be kind of like a, a preview match of the national title game. But bad news, folks, game was postponed. And you want to know the reason why, especially this year? You want to know the reason why? Two members of uh, Gonzaga's traveling party, not players, but maybe possibly um, team staff members, tested positive for COVID. So the game got postponed because of that. So right now they are still number one ranked in the nation. I don't know what that might be after today's game or after this weekend. But currently, right now, as I speak, week two, they are ranked number two or ranked number one in the nation so far. So, all right, at least for that. All right. All right, let's see. I want to go over Celtic football real quick. Let's just get, yeah, let's just do it. Just get over with this. Dang, how pissed me off. All right. So, Celtic football played another European league or league game against AC Milan. And they were up two nothing early in the half, early in the first half, but somehow AC Milan, once again a superior team, found a way to score four straight goals off them. And the final score of this game was four to two, AC Milan. So yeah, so yeah, I feel like Europe, European League title is out of question at this point. Fuck. <laughs> All right, so let's just go over who, what goals Celtic school or Celtic football scored. All right, all right. Our Rogic got a goal to start off with seven minutes into the game. All right. Then uh, Edward had a goal to make it two nothing. Right. And then um, let's see. And then, yeah, after that, yeah, there was no goals. Yeah, so basically, yeah, so we just basically gave you the two goals. Okay. 
All right. Um, stinks. All right. I feel like we'll take a break real quick. We'll come back and talk about the rest of the news and schedules and then get into um, other news too, like um, – yeah. Oh, yeah. The book report. We gotta do that, and maybe um, some fancy sports too. See how we're doing. But yeah. All right. So don't go away, folks. All right, we are back. All right. To begin with, I wanted a way to talk about like the, who the Celtics were playing. So earlier in the week, they had decided that on December the twenty third, they will play against the Milwaukee Bucks for their first opening day game at the TD Garden. Excuse me, with no fans in attendance. Um, then uh, on Christmas Day, the Celtics will be playing on Christmas Day at five o'clock on a Christmas Day matchup against the or against the Brooklyn Nets. So Kyrie Irving has to come to Boston. Well, at least good, well, good news for him. He doesn't have to deal with the fans because there won't be fans in the stand booing and jeering him. <laughs> Kyrie sucks. Kyrie sucks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And so, and then the rest of the schedule was released yesterday. We won't go too much in the details, but you can look it up on the Celtic uh, or Boston Celtics uh, website, or at least check your NBA app or check like basically any sports app you have. I will say this: so the Boston Celtics or an NBA schedule, they only released their first half of the season, so basically games up until like twenty second to. Basically, the March the 4th. And the reason because of that is due to the uncertainty of this pandemic, how long this is going to last and stuff like that, and knowing how many games might get postponed because of positive tests and maybe an outbreak or so on a team, they decide to just, at least for now, uh, get or just uh, release the first half of the season schedule up until, up until like the All-Star break, which is like March the 5th or the 10th. And then after that, release the second game or second uh, uh, second half of the schedule with possibly make up games if they have to make any games up. So I thought this is kind of smart on Am Silver's part. I really say this. I really don't totally agree with to- too much of what Am Silver is because he looks like Barnacle Boy from SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, if you saw a mean picture of him or mean picture of him, he looks like him and Am Stern or David Stern, the late great David St- David Stern, him and both of them together, they look like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. That's pretty funny SpongeBob reference. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah. But I too totally agree with this on it. Knowing, yeah, especially with the pandemic and knowing what possibly might happen with some outbreaks and some teams, this would actually be kind of great. Just only for now, just release the first half of the schedule. And then once you get to the second half of the season, then you can release the second half of the season with makeup games. Yeah. So that's kind of smart on Adam Silver's part. I kind of like it. I like it. Yeah. No, no arguing there. All right. Boston College yesterday played uh or Boston College hockey Boston College hockey played uh Providence and they won three nothing against the Friars of Providence College in front of the Boston College. So so a crowd, I don't know if they have fans in the stands. Probably no in Massachusetts. They probably don't. Just again, a chance to play in an empty stadium. All right. Okay. Boston College. Let's get into it. 
Oh, yeah, going to the Boston Bruins news. So the NHL is possibly planning on possibly coming back um, mid-January. That's what they're trying to target their uh, target date for, mid-January. And it came out just recently that one of the teams that came out and at, or came out and said, can we have hockey games outside, was the Boston Bruins. And so maybe some hockey at Fenway. Yeah. A fro- frozen frozen ice at Fenway. All right. Yeah, I mean, football games were played at Fenway, or at Fenway so that's not really out of the option. Yeah, I would. I would be. I would be down to it. I would be down to it. Yeah. Yeah. I also want one of their meth or meth bear jerseys. The reverse of uh, retros that they got or released this year. I want one of those. I don't even care if it's two hundred something dollars. I want one. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> one. 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 One of those meth bear. Yeah. I don't know where the. I mean. Yeah. I don't know where the meth bear thing come from i don't know i'm not sure does it look like a bear that's a high on meth i don't know <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> sorry yeah we're getting too weird into this half the episode okay all right boston college hockey all right all right so to begin with boston college got a goal in the second period they did not score in the first period and boston college got a goal from trevor contour who was a Boston, a future Boston Bruins uh, draft pick, or well, not he was a draft pick, but future Boston Bruins player. Yeah, so he basically got a goal, I believe, his first of the year, I'm not mistaken. Then Nikia Nestrento got a goal to make it two nothing Boston College, and then uh, Mike Hardman got a goal to make it three nothing Boston Bruins unassisted. I believe it was an empty net or two. So yeah, basically sealed the dub. Boston College win, play for Boston for Boston. And now they are 3-0 and to start the year. Let's see what their record could be. What's their record? All right. Yeah, come on. All right. All right. Speaking of which, is their game over? And oh my, nine nothing. Ooh, nine nothing. All right, we'll get into that. All right, so since the final score has been released, nine nothing. Oh my, jeez, they basically just took a dump on Providence. <laughs> nine nothing, nine goals in the hockey game. Wow. All right. Hmm. Okay, was that just the final? All right, so they haven't really um, released. Yeah, so they haven't really released the final score update yet. All right, hopefully by the time we get done with this segment, we might have something. Nine nothing. All right, four and zero. Oh, okay. All right, and then we already told you about the Gonzaga game, so that got postponed. Chelsea football played Leeds today, and it looked like, to begin with, Leeds was going to come out with an upset win, but 
Chelsea football found a way to win thanks to, once again, Gerard and a few other play- people too, and Pelesnik, our American buddy on the team. Um, Chelsea football ended up winning a game or ending up winning this game in front of the Chelsea football crowd as the final score of this one was 3-1. Chelsea football wins in Scottish, in a, not in a English Premier League. All right, so very good. Blue is the color. <laughs> So I believe that puts them up now in first place in the English Premier League. So now they're leading the league right now. All right. So let's get into the game. All right. So Bamford got a goal for Leeds to make it one nothing Leeds. And then um, Giroud got a goal to tie it up with 27 minutes into the, into the first half to make it 1-1 or make it 1-1. And then Suma got a goal to make it 2-1. Yeah. And then Christian Polesic. Got to go, our American buddy, to make it three to one with time like running out of the game. I believe it was basically just an easy goal, just go up the field and then, boop, <laughs> kick it in, kick it in, put us up three to one. As or as Chelsea wins in this one, three to one. And I believe, let's see, where does that put them in the English Premier League? They have now taken a hold of first place. At least, at least a tie for first place. So right behind them still is Tottenham and the defending uh, English Premier League champion uh, Liverpool, run by the Boston Red Sox ownership. Yeah, yeah boo. <laughs> and then Man United. Yeah, I heard they once they do too. So they're kind of still kind of like racing for that goal, racing for that. Yeah. So it might be interesting to kind of see at the end. See at the end. It's kind of be interesting. See how that all turns out in that whole league. Right now, at least just a share of first place. Things are starting to look good for Chelsea football. They might have a shot at winning the English Premier League. I think Giroud or Giroud said something after the game that let's see what he said. Let's see. I did see something while I was at my parents' house eating dinner. Here we are. All right. Chelsea's Dispensables uh, show dispensables show that there's still more two blues than their two hundred or two hundred and twenty million or million pound uh, summer spending spree. All right, All right. Did Giroud say that or did somebody else? Oh, actually, it's Tom Ham- or Tom uh, Hamilton said that. This is from ESPN. Okay, so Giroud did not say that. All right, my mistake. All right, but Giroud, yeah, basically he put Giroud in there and Chelsea football, yeah. So, yeah, they better win. They better win the whole league if, like, all the spending that they made this summer getting Kyle Havert and all those guys and uh, Fadio, uh, and Fadio, us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, getting all. Oh, <laughs> but they better win this year. They have better win this year. That's all I got to say. With all the spending that they make and all those uh, transfers and free agents, they need to do something. Yeah. They need to win this year. Alright. Some text. Alright. Let's get into Notre Dame football. Ooh, this is kind of a stressful game, but in the end, Notre Dame football got out to the win. They beat a not too great inferior team. A team that really did not need to be on does not deserve on the be on the same field as Notre Dame football. Syracuse. As they win 25 or uh 20 or 45. 221. They kind of did let them score a few goal or a few uh, touchdowns and stuff like that. But at the end, 
Notre Dame held out for the dub. They uh, end the se- or end their or continue their home winning streak. And this today is also a historic day for Ian Book. With today's win, he now becomes the winningest, the winningest, or the 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 quarterback with the most wins in Notre Dame football. Winningest. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So he basically is up there with the people with people like Joe Montana, Johnny Lucek, Brady Quinn, all those guys. Or Joe Montana, yeah. Joe Montana. Did I say Joe Montana? Yeah. So he's up there with those guys. I don't know. They'd, so um, also Notre Dame football news. After just getting or after uh, testing positive for COVID-19, it looks like Lou Holtz will be getting a presidential medal of freedom or getting a presidential medal, I believe, from Donald Trump. Yeah. So, yeah, good for him. Good for old Lou Holtz. Good for him. One of the second win- one of the second winningest uh, coaches in Notre Dame football history. All right. See, did Brian Kelly pass him? Oh, BK pass him. Let's see. College football. College football reference. Let's see. I believe he might have. He might have passed Lou Holt. And he's almost getting there to, to rock me. Rock me. Would anybody have passed Nuke Rockney? I don't think so. Man, he's almost about to pass Nuke Rockney. At least let's go. Let's look at this. Let's just look. All right. Yeah, he might even pass Nuke Rockney. That's weird. Nobody can be better than Nuke Rockney. I don't care. The great new Rocky. <laughs> Let's see. Coaches. Here we are. Da-da-da. All right. By the way, we are looking the stat up on a nerd or at a college football reference or also sportsreference.com. If you want to know, if you want to know where we're getting our stats. All right. So yeah, he has put today with today's win. Also, Brian Kelly does pass Lou Holtz on the list. For uh, for at least for second place in Notre Dame football coaching wins, so yeah, so let's see. So four more wins, he ties Nuke Rockney. Oh my, <laughs> the great Nuke Rockney. That that just doesn't seem weird. That for someone who was coaching a hundred something years ago, is now going to get passed by the Fighting Irishman from Boston. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know that Brian Kelly's from Boston. Yeah, and he's also a fighting Irishman. Yeah, that's kind of neat. I mean, that's why I kind of want to see Notre Dame win this year. I kind of want to see Notre Dame win this year because that would be a fun season to see. You're breaking records, you're passing wins, and it would just be the first time since 1988. Yeah. I wasn't even born then. I wasn't even born in not. I was born four years later. So this would actually be my first ever time that I've seen Notre Dame win a national title in football, at least. If one in other sports, but yeah, I don't really follow the others. Well, at least maybe, 
maybe women's basketball, but other sports. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously, for basketball, we follow Gonzaga and um, baseball, we follow Wright State, and then, yeah, Boston College for hockey. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the box scores of today's game. Yeah, this is kind of almost a stressful kind of heart attack game because A, Syracuse kind of stinks, but how they were making them out to be in the game, this is their national title game. I don't really care. They are one and nine. There is a reason why Syracuse is one and nine because they suck. And that's why I was kind of almost yelling at the television a little bit today too. Even though this game is just a game and stuff like that and it's kind of this basically just a coasting game kind of deal. This is a senior day or senior net or senior day or something like that. This is supposed to be a day to honor the seniors, people like Ian Book and all those guys, like their last game playing at Notre Dame Stadium. I don't know. It's just serious. Mike Tirico was just well, you know where he went to college at Syracuse. Oh my. You work for Nerdame now, at least for NBC Sports, which is basically Nerdame's television station. Get it together. You don't. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the box scores. All right. So to begin with in the first quarter with 932 left in the first quarter, Jonathan Doerr hits a 25-yard field goal after a failed uh, run after a failed drive to make it 3-0 Nerdame. And then Syracuse got on the board and Took the lead with 9:55 left in the half after a uh, Rex uh, Kep- or Copler threw to a uh, Anthony uh, Quinsley Quizley for an 18-yard pass, capped up by a sne- I don't know how to spell. All right, Snickley's kick to make it seven to three Syracuse. But Notre Dame got on the board and basically finished off the three minutes and 18 seconds with a drive on three touchdowns. First off by Ian Book, a 28-yard yard run. He took it in himself. Kept finished off by a Jonathan Dort kick to make it 10-7 to Notre Dame led. 131 left, or 130 left in the game. John, or Ian Book threw to a Javante, Javon McKinley to a 21-yard pass, capped out by a Jonathan Dort kick to make it 17-7 to Notre Dame led. Then with six seconds left in the game, or six seconds left in the halftime, in the half, or Ian Book threw to Javon McKinley to, for a 28-yard pass. Again, Jonathan Doerr kicked it or got the extra point to make it 24-7 to Notre Dame. And you fought? Yeah, you fought. All right, all right. They kind of had a hiccup earlier in the game, but you know what? They kind of got fixed. Or did they? Let's get into that. All right. In the third quarter, and this is where I now had a, almost a second heart attack, um... You're 28, you know. Yeah. All right. So uh, with the uh, in the with 120, well, basically to begin almost the third quarter, Sean Tucker ran for a 40-yard run, capped out by you know what some 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 guy with the last name S for the extra point to make it 24 to 14. Nerdame still led, but then Nerdame increased their lead. Ian Book ran. For a 17-yard run, he took it in himself, capped off by a John Tador kick to make it 31 to 14. Notre Dame led, and with 107 left in the third quarter, Javon McKinley caught a pass from Ian Book 
26-yard pass capped out by Jonathan Thor kick, 38 to 14 Notre Dame led. Um, then Notre Dame got another touchdown with 6:25 left in the game. Uh, John, or uh, well, actually, is a Chris Tyree kick, was it kick return or 94 run, yard run? Was it kick return? I don't know. I was I was taking a shower at the time. I mean, I was also shaving too at the same time. So um, yeah, I kind of missed the play. All right, well, good. 45 to 14. All right, then um. Syracuse did get on the board an 80 yard run, 80 yard run by a uh, Cooper Lutz to make it 45 to 21, but that basically just put a dent in the score. As the final score in this one was 45 to 21, Notre Dame's national title hopes are still alive, and their undefeated season is still alive too. As they head into next week for a makeup game against uh, Wake Forest, yeah, in I believe Winston Salem. Yeah, once the same, that's where they're at. Yeah. I was kind of favored. That was it. Ooh, man. Get a little gassy. All right. All right. So that is all on it. We forgot about Boston College. All right. Let's see. Has the final score come out yet? Come on. Nope. Yeah, I feel like since the game just got over, all right, makes sense, all right. Maybe we will talk about it next week. I don't know. Uh, let's see live stats. Let's see. Maybe we could still try to chuck it out. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, here we are. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so it's updated. All right, so here we are. We just go scoring play by play. Okay, so this is just the entire. Oh my! All right, scoring, just scoring. All right. All right, so here we are. A goal by a. Uh, Matt Bodie to make it one nothing uh, Boston College, then a shorthanded goal by uh, Mark McLaughlin to make it two nothing Boston College, and that's where the score would stand in the after one period. And then they scored four more goals in the in the third or in the second period. First one by Nin, by Ninikia, um Nurse Rinko, then uh, Kobe. Uh, Albert Amberto, Trevor Country got a goal, the Boston Bruins uh, prospect, and Matt Boldy got a goal to make it six nothing at the end of six two periods, and then basically this is where the final. All right, oh wait, okay, all right. So basically, so here we are, three more goals: Logan uh, Husto, Trevor Hunter. And Kobe uh, Ambersto got a power play goal to make it 9 nothing Boston College, and that's where the final score would stand. As Boston College basically just blows out Providence College, 9 nothing, 9 nothing. So I believe they are 4-0, 4-0, and 0. Let's see, standings. What conference are they in? Hockey East. 
Hockey East. It's loading. All right, here we are. Okay, standings. Standings. Well, since these are just like non-conference games so far. Yeah, so these are just non-conference games so far. So they really, we really. Well, they are playing conference opponents. Okay. Yeah, because Providence is here. Let's see, Providence is here. UMass is here. We played... They played them, and yeah, yeah, New Hampshire, yeah, like they were supposed to play them, but then yeah, the game got postponed. Games got postponed because of COVID. So they are in first place in the, yeah, they're in first place in the Hockey East uh, conference. Okay, all right, leading the pack, leading the pack. All right, all right so that is news and uh, scores of the week. All right, but. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk. Well, since we got a lot of time left. All right. Once again, I didn't really go over uh, what I've been watching lately. Um, I did buy the new or uh, complete series of the Dave or the Chappelle show. Yeah, the I thought decided you heard about what happened on Netflix with that. So apparently, he wasn't getting paid uh, for having that on Netflix. So he just he asked. Netflix, hey, can you take that down? And they said, okay, since I'm not really getting paid for this, can you take it down? Which it kind of stunk because I felt like that was a great way of been watching the show. Watch old episodes of Dave Chappelle, one of my favorite comedians, like top five or something like that, top ten favorite comedians. Watch him and like just show that really – it didn't really last long, but it was still a funny show. It was still a funny show. So I decided since – Knowing the cancel culture and knowing how they might try to shut this down, if knowing some of the jokes that he kind of made too, I decided to get a get a cop or get a copy of his complete series on Amazon. So that came earlier in the week. I got it. I started watching some episodes today. It's pretty funny. It's like rewatching some of those old episodes. It's pretty funny. So I've been doing that. All right. Nothing else. Yeah. Watching some old South Park episodes on Comedy Central during the weekday. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So when we come back, we'll take a break. But when we come back, we'll go over the book report that I just did on Sunday. We'll get over that. And then we'll go over that. And then go over some fancy too. And then wrap the show up. Call it a week. All right. So don't go anywhere. All right, we are back. All right, let's talk about the book report that we just uh, did this uh, Sunday. All right, or at least Sunday night. I had a hard time going to sleep Sunday night and into Monday night. It was just, yeah, I was oh, I was restless the entire night and really just didn't really start dozing off until almost like almost 5 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was not great. And maybe this is kind of the reason why because I just – Filled so much passion to um, 
doing this book report, which in a book that I really had so much passion reading too, and it just got me like fired up, fired up kind of deal. But yeah, so it got done, and now you're going to get at least the audio version of this. Uh, so basically the book is called uh, The Bloody Field, which is basically a book about the Bloody Sunday Massacre that happened in Croke Park in Ireland in 19, or, uh, 1920 on November the 21st. We talked about this in two episodes ago about this. So basically this is basically uh, the story about how the British forces in Ireland in retaliation for what the IRA did with like the murders of uh, a handful of British agents that were in uh, Dublin at the time, the murder, unlike how they murdered them, their retaliation was to who were led by the, who were consisted of the Royal Irish Constabulary, which are basically the police, the British run police force in Ireland at the time, the black and tans, AKA war criminals. <laughs> And no, yes, we've already lost our British listenership. And the auxiliaries are basically kind of the same thing. Basically, in retaliation, attacked um, a Gaelic football match between Tipperary and uh, Dublin later that afternoon on November the 21st, 1920, killing 14 people, one player, and 13 other spectators, in, mostly like one woman and a couple, and a couple of children. So, yeah. Um, and wounding 50 others and a wounded 50 or 100 other people. So, yeah. So, the book is called Bloody Field, Croke Park, the 21st of November, 1921. It's written by uh, Michael Foley. He basically goes, firstly, goes off in the book, talks about Michael Mick Hogan, who is basically the lone player that was killed during that whole thing. Talked about his life growing up in Grange Mogler County Tipperary. And his connection, his connection, and his brother's connection with Ireland's uh, nationalism and Irish uh, fight for independence. Then they go. The book goes into a uh, uh, Neville Macready, who was the British general or the commanding British general in Ireland at the time, and no, and talks about his love or his love and distaste for the Irish and the country of Ireland. How well he just didn't have a pure hatred. It's just like he just didn't want to be there in Ireland and. And that's why I was kind of mad. The Irish, like, he didn't want to be in Ireland. He just didn't have, yeah. It talks a little about the GAA, which is uh, short for the Gaelic Athletic Association, and their connection during the War of Independence. We also kind of did a re book report about the GAA and connect and uh, during the War for Independence later on, but I'm not really sure if we did a book report about that. I, I believe we did, but I'm pretty sure, yeah. And its connection with Irish nationalism the All-Ireland Final, which is basically the GAA's version for hurling, which is Irish field hockey and Gaelic football. Like, it's their version of the World Series, Super Bowl, NBA Finals, and Stanley Cup, or national title game for, yeah. So basically for hurling and Gaelic football. Uh, talks about, it. Go, the book also goes into depth about the two teams in that match for the 20, 21st of November between Tipperary and uh, Dublin's Gaelic football teams and basically how some of their successes and shortcomings too and how they how they kind of fell short of getting to the Old Ireland final. Um, the morning of the 21st of November and the events leading up to the massacre, the massacre itself, the aftermath, and how the British government um, tried to cover up the whole like ma massacre and make it sound like, oh, the, the, well, the fans actually did. They actually had some IRA members in the fans, and they basically opened fire. Like, they fired the first shots. 
when in reality it was actually the British who actually fired the first shots. They were the ones who were firing from outside the stadium, and that's where everybody thought, oh, no, what's going on outside? And that's where the massacre began. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason why they did it, too, is because a year ago around the same time in India, um, the British also fired on a crowd of peaceful demonstrators in India, and that was called the Amritsar Massacre, and that's why they did not want another episode like that again. Like another publicity episode like that again. So that's why they kind of say, well, we, well, the, the, well, there were IRA members in the crowd, which there were, but they, they didn't open fire once they saw the British coming. No, that didn't happen, which they tried to make it look out. Like when they saw the British coming, they started opening fire, and that's what they were saying. Oh, the fire firing came from inside Croke Park, which in reality it didn't. No. But in kind of in the end, it kind of did almost look like the British did kind of get off scot free which kind of stunk, but it has been a hundred years. I kind of do need to kind of let it go a little bit too. In the end, Ireland did run in its independence and finally became a Republic. So it's, yeah. All right. Yeah. Tampering the truth. All right. So yeah. And then it talks about also the rematch that happened between Tipperary and Dublin and finally getting that all Ireland final that they match up that they have been wanting for since like 1920, which the match happened in 1922 because they had to like push back like some of those matches and stuff like that. And some of those like finals to the point where they were like actually playing matches like in 1922, 23. Yeah. So basically the 19, so what I'm trying to say is the 1920 final happened in 1922. So after the whole Irish civil war and stuff like that, and all like finally Ireland wins its independence. Um, in which Tipperary came out on top and they won their first and only All-Ireland title in Gaelic football in 1920. And they haven't been back and they haven't won one or been back since then. I believe, I believe also Dublin, what happened to Dublin? What happened to them? Let's see. The all because I believe they kind of won a few in a row after that. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Oh, Ireland football. Final. Here we are. All right. Here are the list of champions. Champions. And basically, Croke Park is where they basically hold the final, which connection with Notre Dame football, especially in the 2012 season, that is where they played Navy in their first game of the 2012 season, which the NCAA basically just wiped out after allegations came out that some of their players were academically cheating, which basically in punishment, they basically wiped out all the games and wins of that season, or at least the wins that those players were playing in because it made them academically ineligible, so they couldn't play. Yeah. So basically that whole game got wiped out and then they were supposed to play a game this year against Navy in Ireland at Croke Park, but because of coronavirus, <laughs> it got shut down. So that game never happened. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So yeah, basically Dublin won three in a row after that. So basically they did get, they kind of did get some sweet revenge. Well, they didn't really face Tipperary after that. Yeah. I was about to say that's kind of a dumb take. 
So, the, but they did win three in a row after that. Yeah. So, 1921, 1922, and 1923, 1923, 1923, and 1924. All Snap. I don't want to do that. All right. Um. <clears throat> All right. So we'll go over the, some of the victims, too. Like some of the, yeah, forgot to do that. I did see that uh, the GEA this year, I wasn't sure if they were going to do like a kind of like commemorative match or something like that, but they uh, did like a candlelight visual. I wasn't sure they were going to play a match because of like COVID-19 and some of the restrictions that they're having in Ireland too at the same time. I actually heard they shut down the entire country around August or show. So that's why the uh, Notre Dame game against um, Navy didn't really happen because of that. They basically just shut the whole country down. All right, come on, go down, go down, go down. Come on, you sh- Yeah, here we are. Yeah, a lot of these, fam- like the families of victims, because usually Mick Hogan or Michael Hogan was basically the lone, like they basically put a whole notoriety towards him. And that's why some of the seats in or a section of Croke Park is named after him called the Hogan Stands. But yeah, a lot of the victims, at least the 13 other victims were basically yeah, not talked about or like the GA didn't want to have anything to do with them afterwards. Which kind of stunk. Yeah. Well, we're going to name some of them after in this uh, episode, all right? One of them was uh, Jane, uh, Jane Boyle, who was basically the lone female who was killed. So basically what I've been hearing about her, it was basically she was like – she was with her fiancé, and they were like a week or so away from their wedding, and she ends up getting shot. And basically – and this is kind of where it gets a little gruesome too. She gets trampled on during the stampede at – during like the whole chaos – during the whole chaos ensuing. And so, like, she basically got trampled to death, too. Shot and trampled to death. Which is kind of not a great way to die. And she was almost closer around my age. Or at least a little bit younger. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Michael Freely, who was a World War One veteran. And basically, they didn't weren't able to find... They weren't able to find his body for, like, at least a few weeks after the massacre. Yeah. James Brooks. Daniel Carroll who was basically on his way, like, when he heard the shooting and stuff coming from Croke Park, he went to go investigate, and he was shot on the way there. Um, Tom Hogan, no relation to Mick Hogan. Um, James Matthew and Patrick Boyle, they were both killed while trying to get people out of the actual Croke Park, so they were killed trying to get people out. Uh, Jerome Jerome O'Leary, who was 10 years old at the time, and he has a connection with uh, Michael Freely because while Michael Freely was entering the match, trying to find the ticket to the match, um, and he couldn't find it, Jerome O'Leary gave him his ticket. And he Jerome O'Leary watched the match from the Canal Bridge, which he was killed while the British were uh, taking over the Canal Bridge. So William Robinson, who was also 10 years old, 
and then uh, John William Scott, because both of them were friends at the time, 14, 14 and 10. I believe uh, William Robinson was shot off a tree while the British were approaching. So that basically worked in favor for uh, uh, against the British, or at least against the British in a way, because it made them look like, oh, they were actually the first ones who fired, because if um, if the IRA were the first one to shoot from the actual or commence the firing from inside the stadium, they would have gotten out there like uh because William Robinson was uh sitting on a tree at the time. I think uh John William Scott was sitting on or perched on the wall of the stadium or something like that. So or at the park. So that's where kind of like where all that happened or wall near the stadium. And they were basically shot off those uh perspective or uh, uh respective uh seats. <laughs> I believe uh, John William Scott was bayoneted to death. Um, yeah, that makes you feel, that kind of actually makes you feel a lot better about the plaque and tans and all those guys. Yeah, a real seriously bayoneted kid. What bums? Yeah. All right, Tom Robinson, uh, James uh, Tehan, and uh, Drill Train Joe Trainer. So basically, yeah, hundred years, which was November the twenty-first. So we basically passed it. Somewhat. I mean, we can still kind of talk about it a little bit. So that's the book reports, and I recommend it to anybody who is interested in sport, sports, but a little bit of uh, Irish history and a little bit of uh, some of that stuff, too, about the history of Ireland and stuff like that. All right. Getting the fancy. Let's see. All right, so Mr. Garris, let's go on the Yahoo fancy. So we'll just go over football fancy because basketball hasn't started yet, and we're not really sure what uh, NHL might do and baseball's in the offseason. All right. All right, so Mr. Garris in 2020. Um, currently right now, we're in the second uh, or last two weeks of the season, and currently right now, it's kind of looking bleak. I feel like at this point, Mr. Garris in 2020 and – at least a lot of the fancy teams, at least for James Conley, at least or accepting James Conley might not make the postseason. Yeah, they're basically god awful. All right. So Mr. Garrison, they are three and nine and in last place in their league. So not great. And currently right now, scoreless between Rogers G's, but they are uh 50% uh, percent, uh favorite percent underdogs to Rogers G's. All right. So not looking great. Kellerman's a schmuck. They are three and nine and are second to last. So 19 out of 20 in their uh in this 20 league team. So they're basically second to last in the league. So not great. And currently right now, scoreless with a Kittle Cared or Kittle Cared carried. Um, and they are like 64% to 36% underdogs. So not great. So, uh, Cacasio Squadron, they are 2-10 and and are in dead last place in their league. And, well, oh, yeah, that is right. There there was no Thursday night football game this week. Yeah, that is right. Because, yeah, they had to move some games around because of COVID-19. Yeah, and, like, had to reschedule and stuff like that, which that is turning into a crap show. That is really turning into a crap show right now. Yeah. So, there really is no point going over the 
uh, scores of this game, but they are playing Luke's legit team. Kakaskio squadron is, and they are really a huge percent underdogs to them. O'Connell street. They are three and nine and are in 10th place in a 12 team league. So they're not looking good so far. So they're basically their playoff hopes are almost dead, but they are 62%, 62% to 38% favorites to beat Renembra's team, Renembra's team. Uh, I can't pronounce that team. So they do have a chance to at least win this week. Dobby, they are three and nine and are in dead last place in their league in a 12 league team. So they are kind of almost out, pretty much out of it. They're playing Indy Colts and they are 72% to uh, 28% underdogs to that team. So they're basically going to lose this one if the fates will allow it. Going deep, they are four and eight and are ninth in a 12 league team. So they are kind of almost down and almost out of it. All right. And they're playing early bird and they are 50% underdogs to uh, early bird. So they are kind of almost out of it in this one. All right. And this one, Brady's the goat. I really, as the same as Poppy's the goat, this team's not doing good either. They are. At least Brady's the Goat's won a game. I don't think Poppy's the Goat actually won a game. But they are 1-11 and are in dead last place, as you can imagine, in their league. And right now, wow, 90% underdogs. Two Vegas wombed. 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 Wow. Yeah, they're definitely going to lose this week. Crap. So 1-12. And James Conley, they are 9-3 and three and third in their league. So they actually have a shot at the postseason, I believe. Did they clinch? I believe they clinched. But I could be wrong. Yeah, they clinched, so they're in. So they're in the postseason. James Conley is. So they have a shot of bringing home some fancy football glory. And currently right now, they are playing a uh, champions team. But they are at fir- or 64 to 36% underdog to champions team. So that's not. Yeah. How are they an underdog? They're seventh. What? May we have some people out? Yeah, we have. I still I have Brady out and I have Evans out because it's a bye week. But I also have. I also have a. Lamar Jackson is my one of my quarterbacks. He was my starting quarterback, but he's out because of COVID. And Julian Elman, he's on the COVID list. And yeah, seriously. So maybe that could be it. I don't know. Why they would say okay. But there we go. All right, a fix there. We got Lamar Jack. Or we got a uh, Mark Ingram there. Mark Ingram the second. Okay. Okay, that helps my shot. All right, that helps at least. Percentage-wise, not a lot, but all right. All right. man, we ran out of time in this segment. All right, <clears throat> all right. You know what? Just to kind of save a little bit of time, so we have a little bit of time to for outro music and like the Ferris Bueller's. We're just gonna take a break real quick, so we'll come back. All right, we are back. All right, to wrap up the show, we're gonna finish with ESPN football fantasy, and we'll just wrap it up and call it a week. 
All right. Bobby Boucher's. They play last week. All right. So currently, right now, oh, what? You won't go over. Okay. Hold on. Go back. Go back. All right. They are five or seven and five. Not really sure what they are in the standings. Hold on. They are third or tied for third in their in their division in their league uh, with the Bears. So, yeah. Yeah, that kind of came out wrong. All right. But, and currently right now they're playing Team Jankovic, but they're scoreless. So, there's. Uh, they should beat this team. 1-11. This team stinks. All right. And my other team, Joe Exotic for president. They're playing The Departed. Oh, I like that name. Named after my favorite movie. If that's what, what's called The Departed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like this team. So, but we still, yeah, kind of don't have a shot against this team. All right. So, Joe Exotic for president is 6-6. Six and six. Currently right now, let's see where they are in their... League. They are fourth in their division in their league. So not great. Kind of still in the middle, kind of mediocre. Yeah, as I said, they're playing against the departed, which are seven to five. So yeah, they might win. But they're on at least a losing streak. Well, they've lost their last game last week, so there might be a shot. Billy Billy, they are six and six. And right now, currently. They are uh, fur or tie for third in their league or in their division in their league. And they are playing Team Right, who are four and eight in their league. So might be a shot there. Declan Harps, they are um, six and six. And they are uh, tied for first. So they might have a shot at the postseason. Tied for first with Team or Tony Soprano and uh, Natty um, Azamaga, Azamaga in their division, and they are playing this week, uh, waiting for that stimulus. But they are one eleven. But they're on a losing streak. Um, well, we're on, we're on one streak, at least one game. Yeah, that doesn't really count. We're still here. They are. Six and three in our three-game win streak, so that I can say that. Um, currently, right now in their league or in the division, they are t- in third place in their division or in their league, and they are playing Team Paxton, who is on a two-game losing streak. So there might be a shot here of winning them this week. So all right, all right. I hate rats. They are five and seven, so not great. And currently, right now, they are fifth in their division, so not great. So second to last in their division in their league. And they are playing Louisiana Underdog, on uh, who are haven't won a game this entire year on our 12-game losing streak. All right. Okay, maybe there might be a shot there. Maybe we might have a shot winning this game. Okay. All right, Eric Cartman's. They are 2-10, and ten, so not doing great. And I believe they are last place in their division in their league. I was right. Yep, six. So basically, dead last in their division and in of their league, and they are playing Team Tripoli, who are seven and five. So this will probably be an L. So not great. The New England Toms, who are, yeah, so they are two and ten. 
So not doing great, I believe. Yes, you guessed that they are. Yes, they are in dead last place in their division. So six in their division of their league. And they play against uh, two legit to quit and who are on a losing or a one game win or seven and five or five and seven, but have lost their last game. So I don't know. We probably will lose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it for fancy. So, yeah, no bas no basketball yet. Will be pretty soon. And we don't know what the NHL is going to do so far yet. And baseball's in their offseason. Which, speaking of which, speaking of baseball offseason, guess what this weekend is? Begins winter meetings. So that's when we start hearing some free agent moves. Hopefully the Red Sox can make some news moves. I did hear that they're actually going after uh, Eddie Rosario. He might be interested in coming to the Red Sox. And Corey Kluber, who I also heard a connection, has – during the offseason, has a home in the greater Boston area. So you got that. And also, Eddie Rosario, going back to him, guess who his GM was in Winter League Ball in Puerto Rico? Yep, my manager, your manager, Alex Cora. Yeah, so that was his GM. So maybe he might get lured over here, and we might need some outfield. Death. Mostly this offseason, the mostly priority the Red Sox do need to have, and which was missing last year was – Pitching, pitching, yes, starting and bullpen. They need to go mostly go after pitching. I want to see him get Liam Hendricks, that uh, the closer from Oakland. He is good, and he also has a fire, and also has a firing competitive uh, mode or competitive mode. What I kind of watched there. Uh, he has competitive attitude. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, he wants to win, and basically, he gets excited when he wins. That's what we need here in Boston: a competitive attitude, a competitive attitude. That's what I was looking for. That's I don't know why that was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it's late. It's Saturday night. It's 9:25, my time. Kind of want to wrap the show up. Call it a weekend. And basically not have to record. Basically some news. So I'm guessing probably the, the 19th or the December the 19th will be our last show at least for till before Christmas break because we're going to just take a break during Christmas break or during Christmas because during Christmas because it's during – I believe Christmas is on Friday, isn't it? Friday of this year, December the 25th. So not this coming Friday, but – on a Friday, so so basically the 26th will be on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not gonna record a show then. Yeah, screw that. I'm just gonna call it a week. So, yep, you already heard it first. So yeah, you already heard it. So no need to uh, you already know now. So 26th, we're not recording an episode. That so the 29th will be our last show of, or the 19th will be our last show of 2020. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, we'll do something special. We'll like probably maybe end the show maybe on a Christmas, yeah, Christmas song. I know the very song to use. Yeah, all right, let's wrap it up. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for this opportunity to share and keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Royal.
then follow my personal Twitter page at junkyarddog underscore 92. We will have all that in the details of the episode. We do not have DMs again, so we do not have DMs again so far. So make sure you keep doing that, folks. And we'll have them read at every episode if you send some in. All right. Follow the show on Instagram at RoarRooters1992. Also send in DMs also, and we'll have those read at the end of every episode. Then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Podcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. doesn't matter to us. And with that being said, I believe that about do it. All right. See you guys um, next week on Yana.
Nope. No free ads. Why does it do this? Still here? It's over. Go home. Yes, go home. It is now almost past nine thirty. Go. Go get.